Welcome to a new Pharma Forum podcast. In this episode, I spoke with André Deschamps of the Let's Talk Prostate Cancer Expert Group, both about the work of the campaign and André's own journey through prostate cancer diagnosis and treatment, as well as the physical and emotional effects on him. It's a highly personal discussion, but a topic that needs to be spoken about so as to do away with the lingering taboo around the disease and enact meaningful changes in European policy throughout the member states. I hope what we discuss provides both interest and hope, and thank you for listening. This is Pharma Forum web editor Nicole Raleigh, and today I have with me André Deschamps. Welcome, André. Hi, welcome. Formerly president of Europa Wilma, the voice of men with prostate cancer in Europe. Prior to his retirement in 2014, Andre was the owner of a consultancy company specializing in sustainable manufacturing and chain of custody certifications. Today, we'll be discussing, however, his involvement in the Let's Talk Prostate Cancer Expert Group. So, Andre, Pharma Forum has previously covered some of the work of the group. Back in February this year, readers heard from group member Jacqueline Daly, whose husband Mike was diagnosed with prostate cancer at the age of 52. Happily, Mike was successfully treated for the disease. So today, what we're going to talk about to start with is your overall involvement, Andre, with the group itself and your journey to that. I was uh, diagnosed with prostate cancer at the age of 51, which is uh, rather young. And at that time, uh, my knowledge of the disease was virtually none. And the information that I got from the healthcare professionals was minimal. So uh, my experience, as you can imagine, was not that good and it has a severe impact on my life. So what I decided to do after I was uh, done with my active career was to help other men to have a better experience than I had at the time. So uh, I joined in 2011 Wayork, which is a Belgian patient society, uh, helping patients, and it's uh, in fact a support group. And Wayork is uh, part of the bigger organization with the European organization, Robo Homo. So I joined the Robo Homo a little bit later as Belgium representative. Uh, I became their uh, a chairman for a couple of years uh, by statutes. You can only do that for a certain time. So my involvement there is now officially that I'm an, uh, an advisor of, of the board. And I was very happy uh, to join from the beginning the expert group of LTPC because uh, the main aim of that group is, of course, driving improvements in quality of life for patients. And that's my passion. Thank you. Yes. So let's sort of tunnel down into what the group does for prostate cancer patients. So let's focus first of all on prostate cancer itself. I mean, it is one of the most frequently diagnosed cancers among men, with more than 2 million people living with the disease across Europe. In fact, more men die from prostate cancer every year than women do from breast cancer. Can you tell me more about that, the facts and figures there, please? Yeah, well, your figures are unfortunately right. Yeah. Mm. And uh, there is absolutely a lack of uh, political uh, interest in uh, prostate cancer. It's it's often uh, because if prostate cancer is diagnosed in an early stage, uh, it can be cured 
and you have, of course, an impact on your quality of life, but far less than it is uh, seen in a metastatic phase. So LTPC was established in 2018, and it is a multi-stakeholder initiative led by an expert group, and it brings together MEPs, representatives from leading advocacy, uh, and also, uh, and so that's why Ray Oka Robo Omo, we support it very well. And it is supported by industry. At the moment, it's Estella, Zedangem, and Pfizer that are joined. Uh, and it was, as I said, established to address the challenges faced by people affected by prostate cancer. And it, and it campaigns on behalf of those people. And there are, in fact, uh, three key elements. Uh, we fight for prioritizing prostate cancer on the political agendas, support a deeper understanding of the healthcare in inequalities, and of course, implementing new guidance on prostate cancer screening. So obviously these inequalities are un unacceptable. So as you say, it's going for better cancer screening for this disease, better treatment, better services. So from a personal perspective yourself, having had a radical prostatectomy, how have, have you benefited from advancement in these areas? Or is it because you didn't benefit from advancements in those areas that you are particularly passionate about your involvement in this? Well, my passion comes from the fact that my information was very low, and it has a very big uh, effect. I mean, if you speak with men who, who have had who, who had the disease, even if you have helped them, they testify. They all testify that the impact on your mankind, yeah, on on who you are, is very very big, and. That is why I believe we should do something better than we are doing today to help those men. And it all starts with awareness, because the awareness of, of the disease is very low. 50% of the men don't even know that they have a prostate. So uh, it's critical. It is, it is a hidden burden. Yeah. There is a big taboo. So uh, patients cannot have in, informed choices which treatments they, they are going to have. So all those things uh, makes it worth doing and taking action. Definitely. I want to talk about that taboo aspect that you've just brought up. Why is there such this, I mean, they're both personal diseases, breast cancer and prostate cancer, but why is there, do you think, um, this greater taboo around prostate cancer? Is it this lack of awareness, the lack of openness, or what is it, Andre, from your, in your opinion? Yeah, well, the taboo is, first of all, because it's a cancer. Cancer is still a big taboo. But maybe even more the taboo is there because we are men, and most of the treatments for pr pr prostate cancer have an effect on your sexual abilities and on your in uh, incontinence. And those are two things... Uh, that are taboo as as such. Yeah, every man believes that uh, he is having the best sexual uh, abilities, and because those are uh, minimized when you have the disease, yeah, that's causing the taboo. And that's not only because the taboo is there, but even if men have heard that that can have that is. A, is a side effect, say, they are very afraid to go to the, uh, to the doctor and talk about problems that, that they have. Yes. 
there's this impact also, and obviously one would think, on the mental health of the man affected. Um, for instance, if we go back to Jacqueline's husband, Mike, he was deeply um, dropped into a well of depression afterwards and she found it quite hard to support him. I don't know if you yourself had any such journey. Well, as I said, my journey was not that that good. Uh, just to, to give you, a, for instance, because I had a radical prostatectomy, I suffered from incontinence. But I had a life, an active life in industry where I was traveling a lot. Can you imagine that you travel with pads and incontinence? You're sitting in an airplane, yeah, and the airplane is, has a delay, and you know that your pad is going to, to come to to the end of, of his absorption, and you are sitting in a, in, in a plane. I mean, all such things. If you, as a man, go to a toilet, there are no bins for your pets. So only the incontinence thing alone, and luckily, in, in, in my case, my incontinence uh, was better after something like six six months. But it's it's a really it really has a severe impact on your on your life and not only your life but on also your partner's life definitely thank you for sharing that andre yes appreciated right so let's move back to the campaign itself and whether you wanted to share any key recent moments from the campaign and what's next for the campaign i know you've mentioned the three calls to action but is there anything else you want to sort of uh, bring to light that's coming next and what perhaps positively has happened recently yeah well i think the campaign is a unique opportunity to address a concerning gap in uh, policy uh, commitment yeah mm-hmm. Uh, compared to other cancers of a similar burden, there's still a clear lack of political fo- focus on prostate cancer. First of all, there is the incorrect perception that it is not lethal, uh, that it is a disease of old men, which is mm. not true because the average age of the de- detection of prostate cancer is 65. I don't call that old. And uh, there are a lot of people dying from pro- prostate cancer. And I can tell you, if pro- your prostate cancer is diagnosed in a metastatic phase and you die from prostate cancer, it's absolutely you know, it's painful. It affects your mental health, your f- uh, fatigue. So it's, it's something that you just don't want. And that's why we, we also see that the incidence and the mortality rates increases rather than decreases. Whilst they are. So the publication of the European Beating Cancer Plan and the renewed focus on the EU health policy is a unique opportunity, and we should not miss that. Thank you. Thank you, Andre. Thank you for your time today. It's been a pleasure. Okay, thank you. And so that concludes this episode of the Mini Pharma Forum podcast. You can find more information about this episode, including a download link and information about previous installments and the main Pharma Forum podcast series at pharmaforum.com forward slash podcasts. The Mini Pharma Forum podcast is also available on iTunes, Spotify, Acast, Stitcher and Podbean, where you can find and subscribe by searching for Pharma Forum. Of course, don't forget to visit our website where you can sign up for daily news and analysis bulletins as well. And follow us on Twitter at at Pharma4. Well, that's all for now. Thank you for listening.